Welcome to Thoughts on the Market. I'm Ravi Shankar, Morgan Stanley's North American Freight Transportation Analyst. And I'm Dhiran Swatiki from the U.S. Economics Team. And on this special episode of the podcast, we'll discuss what we see as the great productivity race that's poised to accelerate. It's Tuesday, May 2nd at 10 a.m. in New York. The transition away from globalization to a decentralized multipolar world means companies' ability to source labor globally is contracting. This narrowing of geographical options for companies is making cheap labor, particularly for skilled manufacturing, harder to find. But there is a potential positive, a rebound in productivity, which has been anemic for more than a decade. To put a number on it, since 2005, the quarterly labor productivity growth rate has been half of the rate of 50 years before that. So Diego, what's the connection that you see between the slowing or even reversal of globalization and productivity trends? If you think about it, the decision to upgrade technologies and increase productivity is like any other type of capital investment. Firms decide to improve their production technologies either to deal with scarce factors of production or to meet increasing demand. COVID-19 was a negative shock to the labor supply in the US, and there is still a long road ahead to reach pre-pandemic levels. On top of that, we think that slowing globalization trends will likely limit labor supply further, causing real wages to increase and keeping firms under pressure to improve productivity to protect margins. But we think firms will boost productivity investment in the medium term once business sentiment picks up again and we're past the slowdown in economic activity that we expect in 2023 and into 2024. Expectations are key because the decision to innovate is forward-looking. Adopting new technologies takes time, and the benefits of innovation come with lag. Ravi, as a result of COVID and the geopolitical uncertainties from the war in Ukraine, companies have been dealing with a number of significant challenges recently, from supply chain disruptions to worker shortages and energy security. How are companies addressing these hurdles and what kinds of investments do they need to make in order to boost productivity? Look, it's a good question and certainly a focus area for virtually every company anywhere in the world. The last five years have been very challenging. And a lot of those challenges have revolved around labor availability and labor cost in particular. So I think companies are approaching this with two broad buckets or two broad focus areas. One is I think they are trying to reinvest in their labor force. I think for too long, a company's labor force was viewed as sort of a source of free money, if you will, an area to cut costs and gain efficiency. But I think companies have realized that, hey, we need to reinvest in our workforce. We need to raise their wages, improve their benefits, give them better working conditions, and make them a true resource that will obviously contribute to the success of the company over time. And the second bucket they're looking at is just broader, long-term investments in things like automation and productivity technologies because many of these labor trends are structural, there are demographic issues, there are geopolitical issues that are not going to reverse anytime soon. So you do need to look for an alternative, particularly in areas where you know jobs that people don't want to take on or where the value add from a labor is not as good as automating it. That's where companies are highly focused on the next generation of tools, whether that's automation or AI or machine learning. It seems that AI technology holds great promise when it comes to raising productivity growth. In fact, our analysts here at Morgan Stanley believe that AI-focused productivity revolution could be more global than the PC revolution. What is your thinking around this? 
Look, I think it's still too early to tell what impact AI will have on labor productivity as a whole and the impact of labor at corporations around the world. Take, for example, my sector, freight transportation. We don't make anything, but we move everybody else's stuff. And so by nature, freight transportation is a very process-driven industry. And process-driven industries by nature kind of iterate to find more efficiency and better ways of doing things. And that's where a lot of these new productivity tools can be very helpful. At the same time, it is also a very labor-intensive industry that has some significant demographic challenges whether it's a truck driver shortage, the inability to find rail workers, warehouse workers on the airline side of the house, the inability to find pilots. And so the training and the desire of people to do this job over time may be changing. And that's where something like, you know, automation or AI ML tools can be very, very helpful going forward. However, I think this is still very early innings and we'll see how this evolves in the coming years. So finally, Diego, what is your outlook for the U.S. labor market and wages over the next five to 10 years? And how persistent do you think this productivity race is going to be? We think that the persistently lower labor supply should gradually boost wages. So far, nominal wages have increased less than inflation, but we believe the modest increase in nominal wages is simply evidence of typically sluggish response of wages to price shocks. We expect real wages to pick up ahead and regain lost ground, and without this catch-up in wages will lead firms to raise prices rather than upgrade their technologies. Evidence of strong wage price pass-through in the U.S. is limited, and structural changes have made wage price spirals less relevant. Diego, thanks so much for taking the time to talk. Great speaking with you, Ravi. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed Thoughts on the Market, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share the podcast with a friend or colleague today. The preceding content is informational only and based on information available when created. It is not an offer or solicitation, nor is it tax or legal advice. It does not consider your financial circumstances and objectives and may not be suitable for you. 